everybody good morning welcome to high desert word center this is our annual christmas celebration service and we are going to have an incredible time together today celebrating jesus and all sorts of great stuff so if you could start making your way into the sanctuary i know uh, some of you got to drop off food for the dinner and whatnot but if you could uh Start making your way in here, and we're going to get the service opened up. It's going to be one of the best days that we've had. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead. We are going to stand up together this morning, and we are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America, because we believe that America is coming to Jesus. And you'd say, well, that's not what I'm saying. Hey, we are going to walk by faith and not by sight, and we're going to keep speaking the good news over our nation. Amen. So let's go ahead, and we are going to speak these words of faith together. All right. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise today. All right. Well, uh, we have a big service. The children are going to be doing their performance here in just a little bit. And, of course, we have Christmas dinner. So we want you to stick around. Even if you didn't bring food, that's okay. There's plenty to go around. But stick around today. And we have a gift for every child that is here today from the ages of 0 up to 18 years old. All right. And also, let's just give a shout-out to Destiny. She's back with us, everybody. Yeah. 
just completed boot camp for the army and this is her first service back with us and we get her for a little bit then she's going to go on so amen so make sure you give her an extra hug today all right well we're going to take a few minutes here and do a little meet and greet time and so go find somebody shake some hands give some hugs give some fist bumps you know just make sure everybody gets a little bit of love this morning amen let's go
not only going to embarrass just a few of you, but you know, just like any family Christmas, you just can't get out of it without some level of embarrassment and awkwardness. So, um, Mr. Nathan Vasquez, could you stand please? And Miss Destiny Medina, could you stand please? Okay. These are amazing products of what God can do in life and in military. So I just want to say that these are a man and a woman of God who are serving in our military. And I'm really grateful for you. Really grateful for you. You can be seated. Thank you for letting me embarrass you. Um, also, so I don't have to call your names out because I know who you are. If it's your first time with us in a really long time, Wave at everyone so we can all stare at you. Okay? Okay. No? All right. Okay. So we've got one. All right. So I'm going to point this direction without making them stand and say you need to give out some hugs. And like the whole Alva family is here. Um, so we need to. <laughs> yes. I'm staring at you. and I'm not going to say your name out loud, but you need. You need to make sure that you hug the, what is that, the fourth row back? Anyway, hug the fourth row back. We love you. Um, and uh, Jamie's whole, whole family, minus mama. Mama's not here today. But I'm really glad that you came for Ren, and I forgive you for not coming for me. So, praise God. Um, in that same vein, if you're with us for the very first time, can we just welcome you? I won't call you out or make you, you know, be awkward, but if you could just raise your hand, we have some information about the church and also a gift for you. Thank you for being with us today. We're so glad to have you. It is a little crazy around here, but we love Jesus and we have a great time. So since all of us are here together in our ridiculous Christmas garb and here to celebrate Jesus and watch all these children do a Christmas play, make sure that you get some pictures, okay? If you're anything like me, I forget that part. And by the time we get there, all my kids' hair is messed up and we just look a mess. So try to make sure that you make time to do that so that you can keep these memories with you. It is, of course, all free. It'll be posted online for you. You can print it yourselves. This week is Christmas, friends. I'm very excited about that. Very excited. Pastor Dave in his loud suit is more excited. Yeah. Thank you all for going along with it in all of your Christmas garb this year. Um, our candlelight service is going to be Christmas Eve, 6 o'clock. It is a short service, but it's a really beautiful, intimate time to be able to come and remember what Christmas is for and all about. It's also a beautiful time to be able to bring any family that you have in and just sing some Christmas carols and, again, remember what Christmas is for. And then, of course, Christmas is on a Sunday. I'm so excited. So lots of you are not because you think it's an inconvenience because you're used to getting up in your PJs and eating, you know, whatever your Christmas breakfast is and opening presents. Listen, Christmas is about Jesus. So imagine on your birthday if I opened my own presents instead of giving you one. It'd be terrible. So we're coming to church to celebrate Jesus, okay? So Sunday morning... We won't take all day. We know that you want to go and open all those presents that you didn't get to open because we inconveniently made you come to church early. Um, but make sure that you're here. Make sure that you remember the reason. And your kids, your kids and your family will remember that forever, that the priorities are there. Okay? So Christmas is going to be great. He probably won't be wearing this again, but I don't know. It's sort of like 
you know, ooh, let's go to church and see what Pastor Dave is wearing. I don't know. It'll be fun. It'll be fun for Christmas. I was forced to wear this. I'm just letting you know. I was forced to wear this. Okay. So we are going to have a short video. Not a video. There's no video. Just kidding. We're going to the children's play, right? Is that what's happening next? Praise the Lord. Okay. Kids, get ready. Can you hear that? We're coming. Okay. Let's get ready for this. All right, we'll start bringing the kids out here. It'll take them a minute to get set up, uh, but they have been practicing and working really hard on this. Uh, they've been doing uh, some of the weeknights. They've been uh, doing every service for the last couple of months. And, you know, they've been memorizing lines, memorizing songs, and it, there's a lot of work that goes into this. And also our uh, our teachers and our volunteers that have all uh, been a part of making this happen, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of work. But you, they're going to do a great job. And one of the cutest things, you know, sometimes they may forget a line or stumble or do something silly. Or maybe one of the little sheep will wander off. Hey, just laugh. It's fun. It's cute. It's adorable. It makes it what it is. So anyway, uh, it's going to be a great performance. Now, um, we will be taking pictures and stuff like that. I know all the parents want pictures. Uh, just make sure that, you know, you don't... Uh, crowded out so nobody else can actually see what's going on and it is going to be on the live stream so if you had family here that uh wanted or that couldn't be here but did want to see it they can tune in to the live stream here and see that uh here in just a few minutes as they get started with that so anyway the kids are going to do a wonderful job and of course at the end of service every child is going to be getting a present so amen merry christmas all right let's see if these guys are ready and if not, we can give them another minute, but praise the Lord. Children, are you ready? <laughs> All right, I guess I'm going to have to sing a song or do a dance or something, so it's going to get weird. You don't want, no, don't cheer. You don't want that. That's not what you want this morning. <laughs> What's that? Dan All right. Uh. <laughs> That's all I got, people. All right. Well, let's, uh, Alex, are they ready or do they need a minute? All right. Well, let's go ahead and we're going to do our, let Pastor, do you want to come up and we'll do our uh, Sunday morning tithes and offerings. We'll give the kids just a minute. Wait, they're coming right now. Oh, wait, they are coming? All right. Well, they are coming. Okay, very good. They Listen, they had to get their outfits on and angel wings and little sheep costumes on three and four-year-olds, so it takes a minute. <laughs> Sometimes they're not quite in the mood. Here they come. Starting off with the presents. Look at these little gifts. All right. Very good. We've got our angels coming in next. We've got the Christmas star. <laughs> We've got some shepherds. We've got the sheep. 
Well, good morning, class. How is everyone doing today? Okay. I know you're excited about the play. But before, before we start rehearsal, I want you to truly understand what Christmas means, okay? It's a precious gift that God gave us. Jesus, our Savior, was born in Bethlehem. We will be learning about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. He came to earth so that we might be forgiven of our sins, that we might be saved and live for him in heaven someday. Teacher, how does a baby save us? Well, listen, this is no ordinary baby. This was the Son of God. He came to earth so that we might have life. Why don't we practice while we hear about the story? Does that sound good? Okay. So it all started like this, class. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin named Mary who was engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the angel came to her and said, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and you shall have a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the child will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now the birth of Jesus Christ happened like this. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph before they came together as man and wife. She was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, being a very good man, was not willing to tell others of this. And he wondered what to do. Then behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, do not fear to take Mary to be your wife. The baby in her is, is a, um, she has conceived a son of the Lord Most High. Now, you see that, class? The angel declared that someday when Jesus grows up, he will be with his, he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this happened to fulfill what was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is, means what? Then Joseph did as the angel of the Lord had told him, and took Mary as his wife. Now, the empire Caesar Augustus of... The Roman Empire issued a declara declaration? declaration that a census should be taken and all the world should be taxed. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to the town of Galilee, 
we're in the town of to the town of Bethlehem, which was the town of David, because he belonged to the town of the line of David. So Joseph went up there to register as Mary. have any more room in your head. My wife is pregnant and will soon deliver our child is very special and a gift of God to all mankind. I'm sorry we are full to capacity. There is no more room in our end, but I do have a major eating stain. It's right over there. While they were there, the time came for baby Jesus to be born, and Mary gave birth to her firstborn baby, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in the major because there was no more room for them in the inn. Now during this time, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over the sheep at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were afraid. But the angel said to them, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Suddenly, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly angels appeared, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace 
And when the and when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to each other. And the shepherds hurried and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they went about spreading the word to everyone about what they had seen and heard. And all who heard about it were amazed what the shepherds had said to them. the king they went on their way and the star they had seen in the e- the the star they had seen in the east way ahead of them until they stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed a bright star with the heaven God the to guard the king's rights, baby Jesus, that was born on Christmas Day. Then Harold called the Maggie and secretly found out at the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find a report to me, so, my, so that I may go and worship him too. wondered about all these things that were happening, kept them close to her heart. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the region of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When the three kings saw the child with his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, but they returned back to their country by another route. 
And all who gathered around him rejoiced and praised his birth for the baby. The king named Jesus is our savior here on earth. So as we celebrate this Christmas with candy and presents and more, remember we have a savior giving us life forevermore. So you see, class, God loved us so much that he gave his only son, Jesus, who came to earth so so someday he could die on the cross for our sins. See, Jesus never sinned, and he took our sin on him and shed his blood so that we could have life forevermore. I know that that verse, John 3.16. Oh, let's all say it together. Ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only child that whosoever believed in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.16. Good job, class. Teacher, teacher, maybe during our play, somewhat, somewhat, somebody will understand the true meaning of Christmas is that Jesus, is that God sent his son down to earth so that we might have everlasting life. Maybe they will accept Jesus into their heart. Be happy. This is what God tells us to do and to go into all the world and tell others about Him and how He died on a cross for our sins. You know what? Let's pray right now. Okay, let's all bow our heads and say, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse my heart from all unrighteousness. I come into my heart, Jesus. Amen. Okay, all little ones, come up here. All little ones. Jam Jr., up here.
Upon the cross.
to the world. Before we, hold on, before we go um, down the stage, okay, yeah, please sit down. Um, we have something for, okay, I'm going to give you this for before so we can get them lined up then. We have something for you, Miss Betty. We just want to say thank you. And Miss Cindy, where's Miss Cindy? Miss Cindy? Miss Cindy? Miss Cindy, you cannot hide from us, Miss Cindy. <laughs> Just to say thank you for everything that you guys have done for the play and for the performance. I will let Miss Betty go ahead and excuse you to go hand out those candy canes. Okay. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for being part of our play. The kids are awesome. And Merry Christmas. They're going to be handing out candy canes, and then we'll go back to class. They do a great job, everybody. Yeah. Here for these kids one more time. Praise God. Let me see. Um, that's, that's, that's maybe a little bit right. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Katie give some instructions on the kids uh, going to their class. They're going to have a little party next door while we are uh, doing our thing over here. Okay, Miss Leah... Who is lining up Jam Jr.? Everybody's going to victory. Okay. 
So wait right here. Okay, if you are in the Christmas play, well done. We love you. We're proud of you. Go ahead and line up. Okay, follow the crowd of costumed individuals. Well done. Well done. We love you. Edgy, you did the best. You did awesome. Good job, Liliana. Good job. Okay. If you have children who were not in the Christmas program, we still do a big Christmas party during service. So if you would like to bring your children, Miss Leah is our children's director. She will meet you right here at this door here, and she will make sure your students get to class well. So you're meeting parents at this door right here, or this Christmas tree. So if you would like to go enjoy the party, it is preschool through sixth grade. Fifth grade, I lied. Sixth grade is in youth group. Preschool through fifth grade, and after service, first through fifth grade, will be in Victory Hall. Pre-K and kinder will be upstairs in this right-hand side room, okay? Your left-hand side. Okay, that's my instructions. All right. Praise God. Well, they did a great job and uh, we're so proud of all the, the, all the hard work they put in. Amen. All right. I'm going to have pastor samples. Come on up this morning. We're going to receive our regular uh, Sunday morning tithes and offerings and it's also our mission Sunday. So he's going to give you a brief report about uh, some of our missionaries that just did a, a trip to Asia and, uh, and we're able to go to several countries uh, while they were over there. So anyway, we'll go ahead and do our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Have all those, that many kids come together in one place like that, loving Jesus. Amen. I think about uh, this is Mission Sunday. And how many know who the greatest missionary was to the whole world? It was Jesus. He came from a foreign land called heaven. He came down to a mean place called earth, and he preached the gospel, and he died for our sins, and he came back. And we're missionaries ourselves to wherever we work at, to our families. We're the ones that are sent to bring the good news to others. And I saw a note in my Bible as we're getting ready to receive our tithes and offerings and missions offering, but I saw a note in my Bible years ago. I wrote something down that will always stick with me. And don't get offended. But Jesus spoke to my heart one day, and I look at the crowd out here, and I mind what he said that day. He said, I know where there's a multitude of people that have loved to be here this morning. I said, where? He said, in hell. It's too late. Well, that's an earth shaker, isn't it? And I know that uh, 40, 43 years ago, in December, I started going to church to try to find Jesus, get right with him. I wasn't born again yet. And I would have been one of those people that wasn't going to heaven when I died. And so I just think about today, about these little children and all the cute little things like that. The whole spirit of it all was this. When you hear about Jesus, do something about it. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Anyway, uh, that's what I wanted to share there. But I want to, I want to look at Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. And I, I think about this service this morning. This is one of our biggest services of the year because little children get to bring their parents and grandparents in, aunts and uncles, maybe they don't go to church, and they get to hear about Jesus. 
to get them a chance to go to heaven. And I want to, I want to give a little quick reflection that I saw when they were up there. Uh, uh, maybe some of you wasn't alive back in the 1950s. I don't know, you know, maybe some of you were born later, maybe even the 60s. But back in the 1950s and 60s, when I was in school, we did these things in school. And when I was in school in the South Side of Indianapolis in the mid-1950s, my grandma Price was the only Christian I knew in the whole family. And we were going to have a school play doing what these guys just did in the public school. And my grandma made me a shepherd's outfit. And I got on a stage, and in our school the stage was about this big. I'll never forget it when I was watching those kids up there fumbling the things they was doing. I had my cute little shepherd's outfit in. And some of my unsaved family were at that school to watch that Christmas play. And when it come time for my little line, they stuck the mic in front of my face. And I guess we never had a live practice yet with the mic. Because when they stuck that mic in my face, and I started to say my lines, I heard my voice reverberating along all those walls. That's going. <laughs> I couldn't say anything else. I froze. And they had to pass me up and go to the next one. I don't have any idea if they made it or not. But I know what those kids are going through. That happened to me. But the main thing was, even from the 1950s, in a public school, the message has never changed. Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen. He's, he's the only way. But we're going to talk about missions, uh, in a minute, about our missionaries. But I want to, I want to read these words from Matthew 28, uh, verse 17. Matthew 28, verse 17 says, and this is right before he went back to heaven. He was raised from the dead. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That could be talking to us this morning in here. And some watching online out there. That some of us are worshipping and some are doubting. Well, you quit doubting. Because those things that you're sensing this morning is called conviction. It's called the Holy Spirit working on your heart. And you can... Turn from being a doubter to a believer by doing what those little children did when you asked Jesus into your heart. But anyway, it says, Jesus then came and spake unto them, saying, All power authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go you therefore and teach, make disciples of all nations. And that's what missionaries do. And the things I'm going to share in a minute about our missionaries to, to Asia, this is what they're doing over there. It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And I'm thinking about public schools. Back a few generations ago, they were obeying the Great Commission. And how many think that America might be a better place if Jesus got to start coming back into the schools again? Amen. How many think America might be better if the Ten Commandments were read in the schools again? You think, you know, what, what, what's so offensive about that? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If kids started to hear that again, we might have different results in our nation. Amen. But I'll tell you what, we as Christians are going to do our part. We're going to live like Christians. And we're going to share the gospel. But anyway, one of the greatest things we could do to have Jesus show up in our lives is to help Jesus reach these other nations of the world too besides ours. And so let's start putting some of the pictures up on the screen. And the first one we see is going to be Nepal. 
We got that. Yeah. That's the Paul. And Liz and Dana, most everybody that comes here regularly knows Liz and Dana. They've been, they've been friends of ours. We've supported them for, for 30 years or more. Uh, but Liz and, Liz and Dana, and I was telling Mrs. Pastor, when I read this report, I just got back yesterday, that they're only about 10 years young, younger than us. And the things I was reading they're doing and following the call of God. But in Nepal, they ministered to over 450 pastors and church leaders for a couple of weeks. And one of the stories I read that they did to reach them just really, I thought, wow, I'm glad I'm supporting them and helping them and not doing what they're doing. One of the places they went to up to a couple of years ago, uh, people couldn't get to from the outside world. They got a little path now to get from where the main cities to where people are to this place in the jungle. And it took Liz and Dana in the early 60s five hours on a motorcycle to go through the jungle. Can you imagine putting your wife on the rear end of a motorcycle and going five hours to a jungle to be able to take the gospel and teach people about Jesus? Would you call that missionaries? That's real missionaries. And so that, that was in Nepal and then the Philippines. In the Philippines, they were in the Philippines for a couple of weeks and they, they, and they went to four different Fili- Filipino islands taking the gospel to these people. And a lot of people received Jesus as the Lord and Savior there. And a lot of people received healing. Jesus doesn't just save, Jesus heals. And, you know, I'm sure this mainly the, the, the regular congregations here all the time. We support these people to help them do what they're doing. They couldn't do what they're doing if we didn't do what we're doing. And so we're partners with Jesus in his missionary ministry. Now, the next one's Vietnam. The next one's Vietnam. And Vietnam, they have to be careful what they talk about because Vietnam is still not open yet to Christianity. So they have to be cautious. But in Vietnam, uh, they had they, they had a house they got to meet in because you can't have churches in Vietnam. You can't be open. And so it's really, really dangerous over there. And so they had 35 people packed into one room in a little house, and they taught six hours a day for four days he taught three she taught three and they're, cha- they're changing that nation from the inside out just like any nation changes from the inside out but they taught for three hours a day apiece six hours total for four days in that house and the people basically had to stay in the house because they're all the time watched every move they make they couldn't let it be known there's a lot of people gathered together in the house and then besides that that a lot of people were able to live stream it and watch it from other locations there but you know this is real what's going on in the world today. We're in the last days, and I'm so glad that our church isn't just focused on having a good time in our church, but work with Jesus to take this to other places. And we should never take for granted. Even if you don't go to church here, if you go to some other church or what you do, we should never take it granted. We get to come to our church, and we can worship Jesus. Or we can sit in church and just enjoy the service. We can hear the Bible taught. We can have little Christmas plays. We can have Easter plays. We can have celebrations. But other nations, that could cost you your life. And so we're so grateful to be a part of that. Amen. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Jesus trusts us. You know. Amen. All right. Uh, I, I presume everybody's ready to give. Let's go to give. And so let's stand up. And we'll make our financial faith confession. And this is this is the tithes and offerings.
have the missions offering both and they just put them all in one bucket. But let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, received, it's an increase. Thank you, Lord. Meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
thinking of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 when it was prophesied that a baby would be born to a virgin someday that would save the entire world. And this was prophesied 700 years before Jesus was ever even born into this world. But it said his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Jesus' name contains all of those things. He is the Prince of Peace. If you are in need of peace today, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He'll bring you peace. If you're in need of a miracle, He is the mighty God. He can do the miraculous in your life today. He is everything that we need. And I mean, we're talking about the ultimate gift. The gift that keeps on giving is Jesus Himself. And so we celebrate Him today. Amen. Let's raise our hands for just a minute. Maybe you're not used to that, but in the Scripture, people would raise their hands in worship in the book of Psalms. And in the New Testament, it told us to raise our hands in prayer. And so, Father, we love you today, and we ask that you would speak to each person that's here, Lord. You know what each of us is facing in our lives. You know what each of us is going through right now. And you're the only one with the answers that we need. And so, Jesus, we surrender to you today, and we ask you to speak to us. Have your way. Give us the truth, Lord, because we know that the truth will set us free. We love you and we praise you today. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Can somebody say amen today? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. You can make your way to your seats. Praise the Lord. Jesus is in the house and he wants to speak to you today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you picked a great day to to be at church. We're going to have a good time, of course, with all the festivities in just a little bit. You know, we're going to be having dinner together and giving gifts to all the kids, kind of like you would do maybe at your own uh, family Christmas at your house. Well, we're just one big happy family around here, so we're pretty much going to do the exact same thing. Uh, but praise the Lord. We're going to have a great time. Uh, we, are, we have been in a series uh, for our Sunday morning sermons called Joy to the World. And uh, I appreciate that we 
sang that. The little kids sang that earlier, and they held up the little signs, and uh, and and it's a it's a wonderful thing. But joy to the world, you know, that uh, comes from a hymn that was written a couple hundred years ago, based off of the, the book of Psalms. But it is such a true statement that Jesus brings joy to our world. And uh, if you didn't hear the first couple messages out of this series, we we found out that joy and happiness are not the same thing because happiness is simply an emotion. It's a temporary thing because happiness, anybody can take it away from you, right? And Jesus said in John 16 that he'll give you a joy, but nobody can rob you of the joy that he gives to you. Joy is an everlasting thing. The only way that I'm getting rid of my joy is if I just choose to kind of let go and, 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 and give it away. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to cling to Jesus and keep the joy that he has for us today. Amen. Hey, if you need a, an outline for the sermon, the ushers have one. It kind of helps you follow along a little bit with what we're saying. But if you didn't get one of those, raise your hand. They'll give you one. Let's open our Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and this is a, uh, one of the, this, the, Luke 2, and then in the book of Matthew are uh, the two best spots for the Christmas story, but we're going to look here at Luke chapter 2, and verses 8 through 11, and we'll read this in the New King James here, but this is a little bit of what the kids were acting out earlier, and um, I don't know, do you see some of those those presents were kind of wandering off and stuff like that, but <laughs> And I, I, my personal favorite was the sheep running full speed on their knees. That was, that was the best part of the whole thing. But they did such a good job, and I loved it. Uh, but Luke chapter two, and we're going to look here at verses eight through eleven. And here's the story of uh, the angels appearing to the shepherds out in the field that night. Luke chapter two and verse eight. It says, "Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Imagine that you're out there in the middle of the field at night, and all of a sudden, there's angels in the sky, and the glory of the Lord just lights up the entire place. Now, we've all seen, you know, movies and special effects and stuff, so we can imagine that just a little bit. But imagine, if you will, that you've never seen anything remotely close to this. You're just out there minding your own business, watching your sheep. I mean, that's what you guys do in your spare time, right? You hang out with your sheep. You have sheep, right? Tell me I'm not the only one. Okay, thank you, Nick. All right, I knew somebody else. So you're out there minding your business, watching the sheep, and all of a sudden there are angels in the sky. It all lights up, and they start speaking to you. And so it says they were greatly afraid. It terrified these guys. They did not see this coming. But look at verse 10. It says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people joy to the world there it is right there verse 11 for there is born to you this day in the city of david a savior who is christ the lord 
What a beautiful moment right there. Because if Jesus had never been born, my life would be an absolute wreck. My life would be pointless. My life would be nothing if Jesus hadn't been born into this world to save me. I mean, you may be smart, but you're going to eventually run into a problem that you can't outsmart. You may be really strong, but you're going to eventually run into a problem that is just too strong for you. You may have it all together, but I'm telling you right now, you will eventually run into something that is too much for you to handle, and you're going to have to call on the name of Jesus at some point. And maybe you've already done that, thank God. And if you've been fighting that and resisting that, I'm just telling you now, at one point, every knee will have to bow and every tongue will have to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The book of Philippians tells us that. And so I have made that decision that, you know what? I simply don't have all the answers, but I do know that Jesus does. And so I've called on his name and he has saved me from every single mess that I've gotten myself into in my life because Jesus is good. Amen. And so joy to the world is our theme. And if you know the rest of the song, the next part says the Lord has come. And so, yes, Jesus has come. But guess what? He didn't come empty handed. He came bearing gifts. Isn't it nice when someone comes over and when they come, they've got gifts. Yeah, come on. So Jesus, he came and he didn't come empty handed. He came bearing gifts to help you out to make it through life. And of course, there's too many to count. He's done way too many things for me to sit here and even begin to count the gifts that he's blessed me with. But today I want to just look really quickly at three gifts that I always seem to think of every Christmas when I sit there and begin to think of what Jesus has done for me. Three quick things come to mind, and I'm going to look at those today, all right? And so if you got your outline, you can follow along, and if not, just listen best you can. But three things that Jesus brings when he shows up on the scene, and uh, and this is one of them right here is hope. Jesus brings us hope. Who knows that this morning? And I mean, I see so many people in our world in this day and age that seem utterly hopeless. And at our church, we focus on the topic of faith quite often because faith is a very big thing. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. So that's a big theme of ours. But hope is a very important component to the Christian life because someone that has lost all hope is in a dangerous spot. But the good news is that Jesus is here to bring you hope. Now, in 1 Corinthians 13, it tells us there are three things that will remain forever. And you realize that people are always fighting to hold on to things that you can't keep them forever anyway. You realize your car will do you no good uh, when you're in heaven someday. It's, it's gone. Your house, I mean, these are nice things to have, but you can't take them with you. They will not endure forever. But 1 Corinthians 13 tells us there are three things that will endure forever, faith, hope, and love. And so if hope makes it onto this very exclusive little list of three things that tells me It must be a pretty important thing for us to keep a hold of. Now, I'll tell you this, because oftentimes people are like, well, what even is hope? Hope is the precursor to having faith. Hope says, okay, it's possible that we could make it through this. It's it's possible that God could save me out of this situation. That's hope. It's the initial spark 
to our faith. But then faith says, I believe that God will bring me through this. I believe that I will make it through this. Hope says it's possible. Faith says, oh, it's happening. I believe it, and I'm going to receive it. Do you see the difference right there this morning? And so when Jesus was born in the little town of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, the people of Israel were in a bad spot, and a whole lot of them felt extremely hopeless like the people of our world do today. They'd been overtaken by the Romans. Can you imagine some other country invading and and taking over and their soldiers just roam the streets and they demand that you do things for them and like, hey, you owe me 20 bucks. No, I don't. Yes, you do. And so it's just, it's a terrible situation. Your entire country is being held hostage by these invaders. And so they had been believing for a Messiah to come because it had been prophesied. In their mind, the Messiah was going to show up and he was going to be Rambo. Okay, he was going to be a dude that was a military warrior to come and kill the Romans and rescue them. And so imagine their surprise when the angels show up and say, the Messiah is finally here. He was a baby born in a barn over there in Bethlehem. Like, what? No, 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 no. Our Messiah, our hero is going to come with a sword. He's going to come in a chariot. He's going to come, you know, with a full-grown, absolute warrior of a man. And the Savior did show up. But not like everybody else thought. He came as a baby and he wasn't even born inside of a house. The man was born in a barn, and they didn't even have a crib to lay him in. They laid him in the feeding trough for the cows. Isn't it incredible how God always comes through, but it's usually not in the original way that you pictured it. Has anybody else noticed that? That God always, he always delivers every single time, but usually my mind already had it made up how he was going to do it, that he totally comes and does it in a different way, but it's an always better way than how I had imagined it. I want you to see something here in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, are we still with us today? Amen. Jesus is my source of hope. Because of Jesus, I am never in a hopeless situation. I always have hope. So Hebrews 10, and we're going to look here at verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, and we're going to look at two verses in the book of Hebrews this morning that tell us about hope. And so Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Who knows that today? That God can be trusted to keep his promise. And we kind of talked about this a couple services ago, but many people are used to others not keeping their promises to them, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, whatever your situation, maybe you grew up with promises being made all the time, but nobody actually kept those promises. Well, after a while, you begin to develop some trust issues. But what I'm telling you today is this, no matter what your growing up was like, no matter what your relationships as an adult have been like, no matter what other people have done to you, whatever, I'm telling you right now that God can be trusted to keep his promise today. You need to know that. He's never done anything wrong to you. And oftentimes we hold, you know, we we make God pay for what somebody else did to us. Listen, 
People may have been bad to you. He's never been bad to you. He's been nothing but good. And sometimes we fail to see that and we get ourselves in a spot. But check it out. He is good. He is faithful. And he can be trusted to keep his promise. you got to hold on to the hope that you have. And I want you to see Hebrews 6, 19. That's another verse right here. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. Amen. If you're having trouble finding that, it is right after Hebrews chapter 5, okay? So Hebrews chapter 6, I'm going to look here at verse 19, and this is a verse that I love. It says, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. What is hope to us? Hope is an anchor for our souls. Well, well, what, what does an anchor do? It keeps you in place, right? An anchor keeps you from floating off to places that you really aren't supposed to go to. And when we put our hope in Jesus, when we cling to him, he's an anchor for our soul. He will keep you in the right place so you don't go wandering off and floating away to dangerous places that you aren't supposed to go to. Amen. And, you know, if you were to break down the word soul, you know, and do a Bible study on it, you would find out that your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And so what's this telling us that this hope, it is an anchor for our mind, for our will, and for our emotions. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you will make Jesus your anchor, he will keep you emotionally stable. Serious. You know, and I get it, man. That's a struggle. You know, it can be a struggle to stay emotionally, mentally stable. I get that. But when Jesus is your anchor, he'll keep you right where you need to be. So your mind and your emotions aren't going all over the place. He will keep you grounded and stable. And that, my friends, is a beautiful gift to get at Christmas time. I think we need an amen this morning. Let's look at number two, because Jesus, when he shows up, man, there's a lot of things he brings. We've already talked about joy, but today we're going to say he brings you hope. The second thing is help. Jesus will bring you help. And we kind of already mentioned, but, you know, God seems to do things different from how we imagined it was going to happen or maybe how the rest of the world would do it. So we're all in a mess. We can't save ourselves. He sends a baby to us. But this baby changed the entire world. Amen. And maybe God's already sent an answer into your life, but you just failed to recognize it because you already had your mind made up that it had to be some other way. Sometimes we need to pump the brakes a little bit, stop ourselves and say, you know what? Hold on. Wait a minute. Maybe this was God telling me what I needed to hear over here. Maybe this was God already answering that prayer. But sometimes we're, our mind was already made up that he had to do it a certain way. I'm telling you now, hey, don't tell God how to do his job. You like it when someone comes in and tells you how to do your job? I don't, uh, you know, I'm open to criticism here. If, if I, <laughs> but what I'm telling you is this. Check it out. Don't tell him how to do his job because I promise you, you can't be God any better than God can be God. Does that, does that make sense? 
So listen, you couldn't do a better job at it than he is, so leave it in his hands. Amen? He's got the answers that we need. Um, but I heard this story, during this story, about a woman who had locked her keys in her car in a rough neighborhood. And she was trying with a coat hanger to get the car unlocked and, and get back in there and break in, and she couldn't. So finally, she's just prays out a prayer. Lord Jesus, send somebody to help me over here. I can't do it. And so a few minutes later, a rusty old car pulls up. A real rough, bearded-looking man gets out of the car wearing a wearing a biker's skull rag, and, and he walks up to her, and, and she's like, God, this guy, this is who you send to me? But she was desperate. So the man said, oh, hey, can I help you, ma'am? And she's like, can you break into my car for me? And he's like, yeah, not a problem. He takes the coat hanger. In three seconds, the car door's open. And, and she's like, wow, you are such a nice man. Gives him a great big hug. He's like, ma'am, I am not a nice man. I just got released from prison just a few hours ago. I just did two years for Grand Theft Auto. All right, I'm not a nice man. And she's like, Thank you, Jesus. I prayed for help, and you sent a professional. Woo! Gives him another great big hug. Amen? And so I'm telling you, hey, God will send the answer, but it may not look how you thought it was going to look. You were expecting AAA, and God sends a car-stealing biker. You know, whatever the case. I don't know. But God will answer that prayer. He always sends help. Now, a verse, I'm just going to quote this, but Matthew 9, 36, talking about Jesus, it says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And I see so many people in our world, they're confused, they're helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. But thank God, Jesus rolls onto the scene, and in John 10, he says, hey, I am the good shepherd. Amen. And listen, if you'll listen to me, I've got this. I will lead you through this. And so that is something that Jesus gives to us today. I want you to look here at John chapter six. We're going to flip over there and I, I got to show you a story about Jesus showing up onto the scene. But we realize that Jesus, he's always existed, right? You, you understand that. Even before he was born into this world to the Virgin Mary, he lived in heaven with God the Father. And I'm going to tell you, he had a pretty good thing going for him. You understand that? That uh, what he came into down here was uh, nothing as nice as where he came from. Imagine giving up streets of gold, mansions, a river of life, a tree of life, just absolute total peace and joy and perfection give them that up to move down here i wouldn't want to do that hey when i go to heaven leave me i don't want to come back okay i know sometimes like god bring him back don't pray that prayer for me when i go i want to stay i don't want to come back all right and you're like that doesn't sound like a very preacher thing to say i'm just being real right now i can't wait to get up there it's going to be incredible so much better than anything in this world. But Jesus, he laid all of that aside, all of heaven, and came down to this place. Why? Because he had to become one of us so he could save us. He couldn't die on a cross if he didn't have a body to, to die, right? You know, uh, spirits don't die. And so he had to have a, a body that could be killed so he could pay the price for our sins. And that is why Jesus even came 
down here for us. But Jesus is so good. He became one of us. You know, when you're a kid, at least back in the 90s, if someone called you a name like, hey, you're a poopy face. You know what? The, the, always the right answer was, it takes one to know one. How about that? Yeah. Boom, right back on you. And so Jesus, you know, check it out. It takes one to know one. He knows what you're going through. And sometimes you're like, yeah, no one can relate to me. Hebrews 4.15 says that he came to this earth and he was tested and tempted in all the same ways that you are. If you have been tested or tempted in an area, Jesus was too. So don't sit there and say, yeah, he don't know what I'm going through. He knows what you're going through, and he can rescue you from it. Jesus is our source of help. And so let's look at uh, John chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. And what we have here is a story of the disciples have found themselves in a really bad situation. In fact, probably a worse situation than what I've personally been in. But John chapter 6, we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. It says, that evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. All right, so this is a bad spot to be in. Listen, they had rode three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. And again, they were terrified. And so often I've heard the story of Jesus walking on the water, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, he walked a few steps towards them. The man walked three or four miles on the water before he got to them. Three or four miles is a pretty good walk any way you look at it, even just walking down, you know, a flat road. But here he is in a storm, in an absolute raging storm, walking three or four miles to get to his people that needed him. He will stop at nothing to get to you. You may be in a storm right now. You may think, yeah, but I'm way out there. You don't get it. Hey, that doesn't stop Jesus. He'll still make his way to you. He walked three or four stinking miles through a storm on water to get to these guys. And he shows up, and they're terrified just like the shepherds were. And I see sometimes whenever someone comes in with all these issues and problems, you show them the truth, and they're like, whoa, that's scary. No, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. He's telling you how to get out of this situation, and it wasn't how you thought, so it kind of scares you. I couldn't do that. I couldn't let go of this. No, let go of it. I promise. This is going to work. It's a better way, but you got to do it his way. And so, so often when the answer shows up in the Bible, we see people scared because they didn't see that coming. But here's Jesus walking on the water towards them. Verse 20, they're, they're afraid, but he calls out to them, don't be afraid. I am here. Oh my gosh. And that's what he's saying to you today. Don't be afraid. It's okay now. I'm here now. Everything is going to be all right. And you've got to receive that truth in your heart today. You may be afraid. You may be not knowing what's going to happen next. But the same Jesus that said to these guys, don't be afraid. He's telling you today, don't be afraid. Fear not. It's okay. I am here. And he will lead you through this thing. But we always have to do it his way. He will help. 
That's one of the gifts that he has. But you have to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell a quick story about my wife here, all right? I didn't tell you I was going to tell this, but here it goes. So uh, some of you have heard this story, but I, I just think about this when I'm thinking about calling on Jesus for help. And so when we were 17 years old, I think, yeah, we were dating. And uh, and, and so uh, she was on her way to work one morning, and uh, we lived out in the country of Indiana. I was down at my job. I don't like to brag, but I've held very, uh, I've held several really high-profile jobs. This job I... Uh, I worked at a chicken restaurant. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was cool. It was good. It was good. And that morning I was marinating gizzards uh, for the for the local redneck population. And so I'm marinating gizzards, getting my hands all dirty. And the phone rings. And they're like, hey, it's your girlfriend. And so I'm like, hey, hello. And she's like, hey, I had a little accident. I hit a train. And so, uh, but I'm okay. I'm like, okay, you're good? I'm like, and she said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry. I'm like, okay. So I hang up the phone, and I'm like, wait a minute. Did she say that she hit a tree, or did she hit a train? I, uh, and because I thought she had backed into the, the tree in their, uh, in their driveway. So I call her back, like, what did you hit? She's like, I ran into the side of a train this morning. And I'm like, I'll be right there. Click. I hung the phone down. I, I also don't like to brag. I've had some nice cars. I had my first car was a 1980 vet. Chevette. It wasn't a Corvette. It was a Chevette. And so, no, seriously, it's not a joke. It was a Chevette. And so, uh, three out of four cylinders worked. So I got into the car and I put it in gear with a screwdriver or something. And then I get going and man, I am speeding through the country roads to get to my woman, right? My 17 year old woman. And so we get over there and the car's backfiring the whole way. Bam, bam, bam. And you know, it just, it skipped. It was a mess. This car was a mess, but, but it was all mine. Paid cash for it, three hundred and fifty dollars. So I got it there, and, uh, and and I get there, and and all this. But but here's the thing. Here's what happened. So the train is coming, and there was no cross, you know, no arm to come down to stop it. The sun's in her eyes. Long story short, she sees the train. The road's wet. She hits the brakes at the last second. It's too late. There's no avoiding hitting the train. But the last words out of her mouth was, "Praise Jesus." She called on the name of Jesus. She slides right into the side of this train, flips the car through the air, boom, hits the ground. And it, And I went to see the car. It looked like you took a piece of aluminum foil, just crumpled it up and threw it on the ground. It, I don't, it was, there's no way that you walk out of this thing. Didn't have a scratch on her body. How? How is that? Well, I'll tell you how. Because Jesus is our helper. You got to call on his name, though. You know, if Jesus isn't in your heart and you're about to hit a train, I'm pretty sure that the words Jesus wouldn't be the words coming out of your mouth. I mean, I'm just presenting that for your consideration. You could, you know, do with that. If the shoe fits, just consider maybe uh, you could, you know, if, if he's on your heart. Because Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's on your heart will come out of your mouth, especially when you're squeezed in a pressure situation. And so when things are going really bad, it's really easy to identify what's on your heart. If you're like, man, my life stinks. Man, my life's bad. It's rotten. It's bad. Like, man, you've got some rotten on your heart, dude. You may want to clean that up. But if on your heart says, you know what, Jesus, I'm calling on you. That's what's on your heart. That's what, I mean, that's, that's, hey, it's the truth, all right? And so here we go. The third thing that we're going to talk about that Jesus brings this morning, okay? There's so many things, but we're just doing three. Hope, help, and number three, healing. Jesus will bring healing to your life. Well, in what way? Well, what way do you need healing? 
Need healing for your body? He'll do it. Need healing for your mind? He'll do it. You need healing for your healing for your family? He will do it. You know, that's one of my favorite aspects of Jesus is that he's the healer. Psalm 147.3 says he heals the brokenhearted and binds all their wounds. If you've got a broken heart, he will heal the broken heart and bind the wounds. Matthew 8.17 says he took our sickness and removed our disease. If your body needs healing, he'll heal you. Philippians 4 tells us that he will bring peace to our troubled minds. He will heal your troubled mind today and bring you peace. He'll heal every single part of you if you will let him. But he will not force himself upon you. You have to receive him to, for this to happen. And, you know, as I look around our, our church family, I see so many people that were once upon a time broken. They were wrecked. They, they came in. Their families were in shambles. Their marriages were just done for. And they were a mess. But guess what? They took Jesus seriously. It's just, you know, you, do you like it when Jesus takes you seriously? Personally, I prefer that. You know, I, I don't want to get blown off by Jesus. And for those that will actually take him seriously, check it out. He will absolutely change your life. He'll, he'll bring healing. Oh, yeah. And he'll bring everything else that we need because he is everything we need. I'm going to look at one final story today. Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at verses 25 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. And this is a, a healing story from Jesus that I wanted to read because I believe it incorporates everything we've been discussing today all into one story. And there's so many uh, stories and illustrations of Jesus healing, but uh, I believe this is one of the best. Matthew, excuse me, Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Mark 5, 25 through 34. It says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. I mean, 12 years, that's, that's terrible. Verse 26, she had suffered a great deal. From many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Have you ever been in a spot where you tried everything that you knew to do, but it didn't get any better? In fact, it just kept getting worse than what it was. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. She reached out for Jesus, for she thought to herself, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Check it out. Verse 29, immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around to the crowd and asked, hey, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at the crowd pressing around you. How could you ask who touched me? Like Jesus, hundreds of people are touching you right now. But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. It's over. Jesus did in one second what the doctors and professionals couldn't do in 12 years not putting them down. They did the best that they could. 
We believe in him. We love him. But Jesus can do in one second in your life what the professionals and all the whatevers couldn't do in an entire lifetime. That's the Jesus we serve. And notice there's a lot of people touching him. Just like now, there's lots of people, you know, throwing stuff out there, wishing and hoping. And, and But when someone reaches out in faith, Jesus takes notice. And to this day, there's lots of people just, well, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll what, it won't hurt anything. I guess I'll pray. That's not a prayer of faith. Jesus knows when we're reaching out in faith. And he's like, okay, I get someone around here just touched me in faith. And you can do that very same thing today when we call on his name, but it needs to be in faith. We got to really believe that he's there for us. We got to really trust that he wants to bless us and to change our lives and fix everything. But my favorite part of that whole story is those last few words. Your suffering is over. Isn't that beautiful? Maybe you've been suffering with something for a while. I don't know. But check it out. Reaching out to Jesus today. He's not saying, hey, it's easy street from here. You'll never have trouble again, ever again. No, I mean, there's still, hey, we still got stuff we deal with. Believe me. But I believe that he's telling you today, just come on, come on. Your suffering is over. Give it to me. I'll fix it now. You got to call on his name. But you got to do it in faith. Amen. Amen. I'm going to have Josh come up and he's going to kind of lead us in a, a closing song here. But can we stand up together today? Praise God. Has anybody received anything from the word of God this morning? Jesus is undeniably the greatest gift that I've ever received. When I was three years old, I got really sick. And uh, all of a sudden, I couldn't walk anymore. And I was screaming every night and crying. Had these terrible fevers and stuff like that. So my parents take me to the local hospital and they run some tests and they say, you know, hey, your son has leukemia and he is dying. And so they took me to a children's hospital in Indianapolis called Riley Children's Hospital. And uh, I'm telling you right now, they called on the name of the Lord and it wasn't a joke to them. It was real. And uh, and man, I'm just they, they surrounded me with the word of God. They surrounded me with faith. Well, a few weeks into this thing, I'd been in the hospital doing spinal taps and blood transfusions and getting shots and treatments and, and my hair had all fallen out from the chemo and everything. And I mean, it was a pretty miserable thing, honestly. But one day, man, I just felt something. And this is a true story. I'm not adding anything at all to this. I'm sitting on the table. They're getting ready to do some more blood, right? I still, you know, 30-something years later, I still got the marks on my arms scar on my back from the spinal taps but i'm sitting there one day and i just feel something pick me up and set me on the ground and i hadn't walked in a very long time i take off running down the hospital hallway and and they're like whoa get him there's nurses chasing me and doctors they grab me they get me back in there and i was singing this song for my church it was a song that uh, Moses' sister Miriam wrote, actually, in the book of Exodus. Uh, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider have been thrown into the sea. And so I'm running and singing as a three-year-old. They get a hold of me. They start taking blood. And within an hour or so, they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no leukemia. The, the, the cancer's gone. There's no leukemia at all. And from that moment to this, amen. 
from that moment to this, it has never returned. And uh, just the Lord's done miracle after miracle. And you know what? I believe that Jesus heals. I believe that Jesus helps. I believe that Jesus will do things in your life that nobody else could do for you. But you got to believe. you got to trust him. Just like the disciples on the water, he says, stop it. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I'm here now. I've got this. And he's saying that same thing to you today. Amen. I'd like to pray with you because if you haven't received the gift of Jesus, well, none of this stuff's going to make any sense and none of it's going to work for you. Everybody has to come to Jesus the exact same way. You can't pay your way to get to him. You can't, you know, uh, use your good looks. You can't, you know, whatever. The only way to Jesus is to call upon his name. And Romans 10, 13 says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give everybody that opportunity. I'm not going to ask you to give a speech or to, you know, whatever. I would ask that you acknowledge Jesus, though, and that you not be ashamed of your decision. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning? We're going to say a prayer, and I invite you to repeat this after me. Maybe uh, you've never received Jesus, or maybe you did, but you walked away. Well, today's your day to come back. Let's pray this together. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, Father, in Jesus name I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died. I believe that he died. That he rose again. He rose again. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me forgive for me. anything wrong I've done. Anything wrong I've done. I promise, I promise to live for you now. Give me the strength. Give me the strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we give Jesus some praise today? All right. Jose, Jose, come on up here real quick. This is Jose, and Jose is an awesome man of God. And and so if you prayed that prayer and you're interested in like, you're, you're serious. You're not joking around. You're not playing games here. You're serious about this. Uh, if you would come in and, and talk to Jose for a second, he's going to give you some resources and some information. And also, if you're interested, uh, we have a program called Spiritual Personal Trainer where we would set you up with somebody else from church here that will text you every day, a uh, Bible verse, a devotion. They'll pray with you. They'll talk to you. They'll answer any questions you may have. And the point is, is that for 30 days, you're going to have a personal mentor right beside you. So you're not just out there trying to figure all this out on your own. If you're interested in that, I'm going to ask that you come see Jose here in just a minute. Give him your information. And we want to do the very best that we can to help you out with your faith. We don't want you struggling. Amen. All right. Can I have my prayer team come up this morning? If you are here and you need prayer for anything at all. And I know it's Christmas, and sometimes that's the most joyful time, and sometimes it can be a difficult time. Either way, uh, if you need prayer for anything at all, we've got a team of people this morning that would love to pray with you and, and, and help you out with what you got going on, all right? If not, just take a minute here to uh, worship the Lord in song. Amen. What a powerful name it is What a powerful name it is The name of Jesus Christ My King What a powerful name it is Nothing can stand against What a powerful name it is 
the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. Everybody, we're going to go ahead and, and start winding things down here. We got a little prayer going on, uh, but we'll we'll let them take care of that. We appreciate everybody being with us today. Uh, it's been a wonderful uh, time together. Um, we want you to stay for dinner with us, okay? So um, we we want you to do that. Even if you didn't bring any food, there's there's plenty available. We're just a big family, you know. Um, and so we we do say, hey, if you're going through line, be considerate of others. You know, don't take 45 chicken wings whenever, you know, one or two would probably do the trick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Fourth? Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, so just be considerate of others. And um, one thing we like to do is we like to let our, our seniors or maybe those that need assistance or maybe even those with little kids uh, kind of go first. Um, we're going to let you serve yourselves today. At Thanksgiving, we served, um, but we want to let you serve yourselves today. So I believe you can make use of both sides of the table to kind of speed it up so it won't take as long as Thanksgiving did. Um, but again, just we ask that you would be considerate. And, and if you see somebody that needs some help, right, you know, we honor that. It's a Christian thing to give honor, uh, and so we want to we want to bless and honor um, our seniors and maybe those who need a little help. Um, Pastor Katie, do you have anything? Because you could probably say that a whole lot better than I just did. <laughs> Um, well, we just want to make sure that we're living a life of honor here. Um, we're a multi-generational church, and we love all of y'all. And if you see someone who is a grandparent in our church, you best honor them and love them. You best stand when they go to hug you. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. Use your manners, okay? Use your manners, please, and thank you. Um, and if you have children, make sure you pick them up first, okay? We know that you're probably hungry, and we know that you like hot food, I'm real sorry, okay? So uh, we'll help you with your children. If you see somebody who needs help, make sure to help them. Uh, but don't leave them in class while you get a hot plate of food. That's rude, okay? <laughs> That's rude. 
<laughs> uh, make sure to pick them up from class. It is buffet style, so you're going to serve yourself. We know you're hungry. Leave at least a little bit for the rest of us at the back of the line, okay? Have seconds after everyone's been through. Um, and what? Oh, don't forget the photo booth, okay? Because when the line's long, just take your pictures first. It's fine. If you're in that middle group, you know, where you don't have kids yet and you're not old enough to be at the front of the line yet, just take some pictures first. It'll be fine. Um, but I do ask you this, just like our life of honor, we love and value each other. So keep your mouths nice, okay? If someone's rude in front of you, you love them anyway. Jesus did too, okay? So love each other. Don't let me catch your mouths being rude. Have some manners, okay? I'm going to pray over our food. Are you ready? Father, thank you so much for all this wonderful smelling food. And thank you for the gift that Jesus is in our lives, that hope, help, and healing, Lord. I thank you that this Christmas, we're going to open those gifts. We're going to make great use of them. Thank you for being a part of our lives. I ask, Father, that you would bless this food that you would help us to be fully healed this Christmas, that what we take in, Father, that we can do so in your name and give glory to you. And I thank you for blessing our family and blessing the families that prepared this food. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession, and then you are dismissed. If you're uh, eligible to go ahead to the line, we're not going to card you on it. You know, if you know, you know who you are. Uh, you can go to the front line. If not, uh, go ahead and uh, go get your kids. Barstow Faith Confession. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Go grab them kids or get in line. And we do have service at 6 o'clock tonight. Just reminding you of that. Long time ago in Bethlehem, so the Holy Bible say.